We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome back to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined today by Josh Kalachi as we break down the Wednesday MLB slate. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Kalachi, that's with two Cs, and you can follow his work over at Rotocurve.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. Josh, the Josh and Josh doer are back. What's going on, my man? Not too much. Glad to be back. I was looking at the slate, and it's actually the first time that We've been together where there's been all 15 games on the same slate. It's a late slate. So there's no early slate on Wednesday. And some people like that. Some people don't. I'm just glad all 15 games are starting at the same time. Yeah, that way we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, does does uh, John Lester cross into my research? And I was going to consider him, but he's on the all-day slate only. And uh, you don't have to get your hands messy or, 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 or worry about separating any of your analysis. Boom, all one slate, kicking off 7 p.m. Eastern time. And let's go ahead and get into it. Let's go ahead and take a look at the matchups for today. Uh, kicking off the Wednesday slate is the Boston Red Sox and Henry Owens at Candom Yard. 7.05 Eastern start facing Mike Wright. We're going to talk about what you can do with Mike Wright in your DFS lineups today. Chicago Cubs have their ace, Jake Arrieta, on the mound. The righty, the dominator at the Pittsburgh Pirates. 7.05 Eastern start as well at PNC Park facing A.J. Burnett. It was interesting to see what he how he comes back uh, after uh, being gone for quite some time. The Washington Nationals are at the Philadelphia Phillies. 7.05 Eastern start at Citizens Bank Park for Gio Gonzalez, the lefty, who's strung together a few nice games. Any shares of uh, Gio there on the, on the back end for some GPPs here, Josh? I don't think so. The Phillies lineup actually hits lefties relatively well, and Gio just seems to be the guy that, that always goes low-owned, but with other options, I'm not sure I'm going to be considering him. 
Yeah, if he did, if his walk rate was a little bit better, which it never has been in his career, although he has strung together some nice starts in, in fairly efficient fa- fashion, I do like that he's facing Adam Morgan in it. Um, but it is a hitter's ballpark, so uh, I I just thought it may be worth taking a look at. I actually have a better home run play that may not even be as much of a home run play because people are starting to get exposure to this player. But we'll mention that as we get uh, further uh, down into the show. He'll be facing off against the uh, the rookie, the lefty Adam Morgan, uh, in this uh, matchup over there in Philly. Kansas City Royals at the Cleveland Indians, 7-10 Eastern start at Progressive Field for Danny Duffy, the lefty, versus Danny Salazar. The Battle of Dannys, I believe is how it's been promoting. It's um, a goatee versus full beard. Uh, Which side are you on in this matchup here? I'm more of a uh, of a chops kind of guy, so I might have to go with Duffy. Actually, believe it or not, true story, he used to live across the street from me when he was with the the Blue Rock single A system. So I might have to be rooting for him against the uh, just the regular goatee and Salazar. Okay, he does have a little like shaviness to the side. It's almost choppy, but he just went full goatee at the very end. So I feel like from facial feature standpoint, you may want to side with Salazar. But if you're going to go with the hometown man, like your former neighbor. That's cool too. Maybe he lent you a shop back or something at some time, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, I, uh, Danny Duffy is probably the, the favorite in this matchup. Uh, Miami Marlins at the New York Mets. Adam Conley, the rookie, the lefty, on the mound uh, against Bartolo Colon. Seven ten Eastern start at City Field. Bar- Big Bad Bartolo has bounced back in pretty nice fashion here. I don't know if you've noticed a couple of these uh, these outings that he's strung together, but um, he's he's swinging that fat around, uh, and the, along with that that uh, cut fastball. There, so a good good level of win potential there, but not a ton of strikeouts. So um, cash option maybe for you. I know there's some aces on the slate. I, he's just sort of stuck in the middle between, you know, the lack of upside for strikeouts. But the Miami Marlins do strike out a ton. So any Bartolo shares? Yeah, I'm actually going to talk about him in a little bit. And I think the one thing about him before we get into the rest of the slate is he doesn't have a lot of strikeouts. But he just seems to get to the seventh to the eighth inning a lot because he throws a lot of uh, fastballs that get put in play. And like you said, against Conley, the win potential is definitely there for FanDuel. Yeah, I like that a lot. And he doesn't walk a ton of guys. He's always in the zone. So that's a nice thing, too, as well. So either you're going to hit the ball and put it in play. Uh, you know, and they, I definitely like the defense uh, as an overall upgrade with David Wright in the lineup there. And it's a lot, a lot of speed in the outfield. That's an underrated outfield, by the way, with Long, uh, Juan Lagaras. Uh, Curtis Grandison, who doesn't have a great arm, but maybe the best arm potentially in the game in Yoannis Cespedes. So um, you don't mind it if the ball gets hit to the outfield overall for Bartolo Colon and the Mets there. Uh, other side of the uh, New York team here, the New York Yankees at the Tampa Bay Rays. They're on the road, 7-10 Eastern start at Tropicana Field for Luis Severino versus Chris Archer. Bad time for Severino to be on the slate if for those of you who like to continue to t- attack or roll their underpriced rookie. Uh, into your Fando lounge because he's facing Chris Archer, and we're going to dig into that uh, matchup there uh, coming up here. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays are on the road as well at the Atlanta Braves. They're they're going to try to hold on to this first place uh, um, spot here in the AL East. Seven ten Eastern start at Turner Field for Mark Burley, the lefty, facing Julio Tehran, the righty. Then we have the maybe the AL Cy Young leader, I would say, Dallas Keuchel. Are you are you ready to give it to this guy right now after what he's done? Uh, it's it's got to be close. I mean, the one thing about him and, and Cy Young is he wasn't able to get those strikeouts, but that's definitely been a narrative. He's striking out a lot of guys with just under nine per game, so it might be his his uh, reward to take right now. It just needs a couple more good starts in a row. Yeah, you know what? He's in a pretty good beard battle with Danny Duffy there as well. I do oh, like absolutely. This. It's perfect. It, it it's perfect. he's going to win well groomed. He's going to have like a like a just for men sponsorship by the end of the year here. <laughs> I 
I am a little bit concerned about the pointiness of the beard. It's almost like an an upside down Travelocity gnome. <laughs> but uh, if that's going to help him out in terms of like balance and strikeouts, you know, and he and he's uh, gets into like the the proper mechanics with that, then I'm all for the 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 pointy upside down uh, travel Travelocity gnome beard. But um, otherwise, I'm grooming from a grooming perspective. Danny has him covered. I'm gonna, I'm going to go shop back on that one. Yeah, I just wish I could have an opportunity to grow something like that. To be honest with you, I don't know about it. I would feel like um, maybe you get a good level of neck support. You know, if you're sitting down because your beard's True. always just touching your chest. But uh, I don't know. Other than that, my 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 real job, my regular job, won't allow that sort of facial hair there. So unless <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, there you go. unless I'm going to join ZZ Top, I'm I'm pretty much out of the running. <laughs> Uh, Martin Perez is the other guy on the matchup. Like, like anybody noticed after we just had this endless beer talk, uh, beard talk here in the, uh, we're going to do a 45 minute show cause we need 15 minutes to evaluate everybody's facial features. Uh, <laughs> I'm down. I got a full spreadsheet here. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, 805 Eastern started Globe Life Park, Arlington, uh, one versus two battling for the division. That's what's really important there. So, uh, we'll talk about Dallas Keuchel and his prospects for today's slate briefly. Detroit Tigers at Minnesota Twins here. 810 Eastern start at Target Field for Daniel Norris coming off the injury versus Irvin Stantana. We'll talk about what you can do in terms of uh, matching up with Daniel Norris in your DFS lineups. Then kicking off the, uh, the I guess, the central slate there, or moving through the central slate, Oakland Athletics at the Chicago White Sox. 810 Eastern start at U.S. Cellular Field for Jesse Chavez versus the rookie Eric Johnson, who walked a bunch of batters but looked pretty good. Uh, effectively, if you can deal with the walks, uh, nice little sneaky upside play there, and I don't mind that against Oakland. I won't have a ton of shares of it, but um, you know, n- intriguing to say the least. St. Louis Cardinals are at the Milwaukee Brewers at 8:10 Eastern. Start wrapping up this last central game here. Jaime Garcia, the lefty, versus Willie Peralta, the righty, over at Miller Park. San Diego Padres um, getting close to those Western West Coast games here. Uh, I guess there's basically two if you count um, Arizona as a West Coast game. 9:40 Eastern start at Chase Field. Uh, Robbie Ray on the mound, the lefty versus Andrew Kashner, the lefty. And then we have the Colorado Rockies kicking off uh, the one of three Eastern, um, sorry, West Coast games there. 10 10 Eastern start at Dodger Stadium for Jorge De La Rosa versus Alex Wood. Uh, LA Angels versus Seattle Mariners. Jared Weaver on the mound versus Hisashi Iwakuma. 10 10 Eastern start over at Safeco. And then wrapping up this late, we have the Cincinnati Reds at the San Francisco Giants. 10 15 Eastern start at 18 T Park for Michael Lorenzen versus Jake Peavy. All right, who's going to be towing the rubber for you today, sir? There are a lot of pitchers today that I like, and and it's going to be tough to decide who I'm using in cash. But the two guys that I'm deciding on, the first one is Chris Archer against the New York Yankees. Archer's one of the top pitchers in the game, especially on FanDuel, because for scoring there, you get four points per win, one point per strikeout, and .33 points for every out recorded. And that's the one thing about Archer. He has a lot of innings, a lot of strikeouts. He actually has a good chance to get a win. Um, pretty much every time he goes out simply because of his ability. And he has a low ERA, so everything goes perfectly for him on uh, on FanDuel because of the ability he has in, in that specific scoring system. Now, he gets a ballpark boost at home um, because if that game was in New York, he would be playing in that bandbox at the Yankee Stadium. But at home at the Trop, he gets a little bit of a benefit. He's been very good against the Yankees in his career. And one thing I looked at, and we've talked about BBP before on this show, and it's not necessarily something we want to want to take a look at, but I always like to look at it just to see if there's anything that sticks out in a big sample size. And one thing I did see, Jacoby Ellsbury's 14 for 21 off him, which is absurd. But everyone else in that lineup right now on the Yankees, 22 for 144 off Chris Archer, which is a batting average of 152. That's a big enough sample size for me. 
Yeah, I like that overall. I think that's a that's that's a good point that you, that you make there. So if he can avoid, just walk him. You don't walk a lot of guys, and, he, and you know it's interesting that I, that I mentioned that because it goes counterintuitive to my, the information I actually have on Archer for today. He's just been dominating lefties overall uh, on the season. Two fifty six weighted on base, which is absurd given that he's over a hundred innings against lefties. His walk rate overall to lefties is lower than his walk rate to righties, uh, with with I believe twenty more innings um, faced in in that spot. Uh, overall on the season there. So I'm going to be fading all lefties uh, against Chris Archer. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, in that matchup there. And one of the top cash games and maybe a um, GPP options there as well. Probably a little bit high priced to, to be a legit GPP option, but um, he's in my top three. Uh, I have Jake Arrieta also in the mix there as well as I think as most people do. I love the fact that, you know, uh, Jake Arrieta, whenever you take a look at him is he, he, Probably is going to be my anchor ca- anchor play among cash games for for a couple reasons here. He's fourth in xFIP uh, on the season at two point seven four. So he just you know he just didn't give him a couple uh, doesn't give him a lot of runs. He has a cape uh, uh, per nine over nine, which is always solid. And he's tied for third uh, in the league in home runs allowed at just .45 a game. And he's in the top 10 in strand rate, uh, ninth overall there as well. So when P- if people ever get on base, A, he's not walking them on. So uh, he's never going to do damage to himself. And he hardly ever gives up the long ball. So if somebody else is ever on base, they just almost never score. So um, it is Pittsburgh. That, that is a legit offense there. But I like the fact uh, that he that he's going to draw a plus matchup with A.J. Burnett trying to come back uh, from that injury. And I think he's got as good of a win potential as anybody overall. Um, what other pitchers do we need to consider for day for today uh, as top options on Wednesday? Well, the other guy I was looking at for cash is a guy you just mentioned, Jake Arrieta. And just to add on to the research you were just discussing, Arrieta is going for his 20th win of the season. So it's obvious that he has the ability to get those wins. Um, he's 19 and six right now. And no, number one in wins on in the yeah. In, think in the about league. that. Yeah. So and that's huge on Fanduel because you get those four points and that's that's massive, especially for cash games. Right. And the one thing about Arietta is, I don't know if you've been watching him pitch lately, um, but he's been absolutely fantastic. He's allowed three earned runs since the trade deadline. Three. That's two months. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like we've been saying, no one's scoring on this guy. So uh, to me, from, from a pure win potential standpoint, can you get a few strikeouts out of Archer? Sure, definitely. He's got the better K rate, uh, but he definitely has a higher walk rate. So there's... Um, um, there's the risk reward there. I might, you know what? No, I might just do is just split my cash action between Arietta and Archer because they're just two good options. And if one happens to wet the bed over the other, then you're still fairly safe. And there's a good chance that both of them make hay for you. And one might have uh, a few more strikeouts th- than the other, which is always good to have if you know you need a tiebreaker in there. Um, but we're not even talking about the AL Cy Young guy yet. Uh, what about Dallas Keuchel? He's the he's I guess he's fending for scraps here. Uh, against Texas. He is on the road. Uh, 171 ERA with 27 strikeouts in his last three starts. I don't know what more you really want out of Dallas Keuchel except the fact that, uh, you know, he's like T-Pain. Uh, all he does is win, win, win no matter what. Uh, so I, I think that he's in a great spot overall. Probably maybe the most, uh, yeah, definitely the most, uh, uh, I guess, at, a, at the biggest disadvantage in terms of park factor. He has, a, you know, hit, hit, pitching over at Globe Life Park. Houston is not that not that great of a of a pitching pitcher's park either there so i guess it's not too much of a of a change but it is outdoors and it's still i guess summertime ish type weather out there in texas so expect the ball to be flying uh, uh, or 
you know, a little bit more humidity. So he has that to deal with there. And it sounds like we're just splitting hairs and that's because we need to, because all these three players are, um, Archer has been in Cy Young consideration all season long. I think he is behind Keuchel, but he probably has the better matchup overall. And Arietta to me is the best pitcher of the three, uh, in terms of what you're looking for from a, uh, DFS fantasies perspective. So pick your poison there. How, how do you rank these three guys? For me in cash, I'm going to go with Arietta first and then Archer. The only reason why Archer is second is because he faces Severino, who is actually very good, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. So that win is not exactly um, a bit of a lock. But I like Arietta, then Archer, then Keiko. But at this point, it's really just 1A, 1B, and 1C. Yeah, I think they're there as well. I'm willing to, to, to call it, like, I guess two just because Keiko faces Texas and then and Texas has been doing an excellent job of staying in this race and making this an interesting uh, race where we thought the Angels they're basically where we thought the Angels would be which is battling uh, the Houston Astros down to the wire there so I'm actually more scared of Texas than any than any other um, uh, lineup given that Archer has the pedigree against the heft the the lefty heavy lineup of the Yankees which is one of their weaknesses by the way I, I feel like their inability for them to to, uh, the loss of Teixeira as a switch hitter is going to be huge for them. And the fact that they can't get an, a, a ton of righty bats that are quality into their lineup whenever they face, um, uh, you know, somebody who dominates lefties like this is a, a potential weakness for them. All right, home run play time. Who you got? What are, what are we rolling with in terms of starters? The guy I'm going to be looking at is I think he's home run plays simply because not a lot of people will have him because of his matchup. And that is who we just talked about is Luis Severino. Uh, of course, Archer is pitching for the other team, so it's going to be really hard for Severino to get that win. But I love the fact that he's getting a park boost in Tropicana uh, Field, which is a massive uh, difference compared to Yankee Stadium. He has a top-tier matchup against the Tampa Bay Rays, who have struggled all year against righties. And honestly, Severino has some of the best stuff we've seen in the past couple weeks. And one of the fun things to watch about him is he can use a changeup. He has a good fastball. And he strikes out a lot of hitters with that stuff that he has, and that's against the Rays on, on Wednesday, which have some of the higher strikeout rates in baseball, especially against righties. The one thing about Severino is he has seven starts this year, and he has at least six innings or five Ks in six of those seven starts. He did get lit up in his last start, but he's been very consistent, and he has great stuff. So he makes for a top-tier GPP play for me because I think he's going to be low-owned but still has a top matchup. All right, I like that there as well. And we also talked about briefly uh, Bartolo Colon as a potential option. Do you prefer Severino versus Tampa Bay over Bartolo Colon uh, against Miami if you do have to go one home run play on the GPP side? Pardon me, what was that? Would you prefer Bartolo Colon as a home run option over Luis Severino? I know we talked about Colon briefly uh, in the in the matchups there as a as a uh, potential home run play uh, there. So if you have to you know stake one guy as a GPP contrarian play which side do you take severino or cologne i think i like severino more simply because he'll be lesser owned and the fact is that cologne doesn't have a high strikeout rate he can't strike out a lot of hitters Mm -hmm. but he does have an excellent um matchup and he has a higher chance to get a win so if you think that severino is going to have less than four more strikeouts than cologne cologne's got to be your guy with that higher percentage chance for a win yeah, you know, and just taking a look at the full season numbers, too, for in terms of strikeouts, the Tampa Bay Rays have been well inside the top 10 overall in terms of strikeouts. So we know that they just lack a, a significant grade of, um, of um, contact hitters. They're seventh overall at 21.6% uh, strikeout rate as a team for Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay. So, so Severino definitely has that going for him. For me, I got to go with Jorge De La Rosa in terms of uh, the home run play. Uh, for me, uh, Jorge De La Rosa has been running quite well. 
uh, in his last few starts. 2-0, 2.0 ERA on the dot with 20 strikeouts in his last three games. And his swinging strikeout rate is something that he's really recovered um, uh, that after you know battling various injuries over the last few seasons. He's got 11.8 swinging strikeout rate, which is the second highest of his career. And we all know that the Dodgers bats have produced uh, multiple holes in them with Andre Ethier, and, uh, you know, falling off a cliff. Now they've been forced to just give Scott Benz like regular playing time, you know, aside from his normal platoons um, situation uh, there as as well. So there's just not a lot of uh, on-base contact happening. Justin Turner has fallen down a few notches, as well as John Monte Grandal from where he was. So there's definitely some opportunity there as well, and it's a much better park for De La Rosa to pitch in there. Uh, Alex Wood hasn't been uh, terrible, but hasn't been exactly what... Uh, the Dodgers uh, hoped they were they were getting when they made that trade. So uh, win potential is going to be a little bit more difficult, obviously, with Colorado on the road because they, they, they like a serious amount of punch behind cargo. Um, but I like De La Rosa for contrarian-type play with strikeout upside. All right, uh, we're going to move on to batters and stacks. But before we do that, we got to let you know that the first week of fantasy football this season is in the books for DFS. Uh, how did your uh, fantasy team do? Uh, there, Josh, uh, f- for week one, uh, there for fantasy football. Yeah, you make some make some hay here. Yeah, did okay on Fanduel for week one. I think the the combination of Bradford to Matthews was huge, and it could have been even bigger if they had that touchdown that should have been reviewed. But you can't complain too much because they did have a good game combined, a lot of catches, a lot of yards, and pairing with the running back combination of Eddie Lacy and Chris Ivory ended up going pretty well. What about yeah, you? I had uh, Eddie Lacy and Ivory in some matchups there as well. I had uh, more um, Matt Ryan than maybe I should have. I would like to him to sort of um, – not throw those two interceptions, uh, but aside, <laughs> especially in the red zone to Kiko Alonso. But aside from that, I did make money. Uh, and it's your time to make some money, too, here on FanDuel this weekend coming up. Uh, talk about the week one uh, results here. I was concerned as to whether or not they were going to lower the uh, prize pool overall, but they're back with another $10 million contest, $10 million, $2 million to first in the, in the million. Uh, I'm sorry, $5 million, uh, to to their in their million-dollar contest with a million to first uh, overall, right back just like week one there. They are the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners, more payouts than any other site. The money is real. They are paying out over $75 million per week this football season there. And building a fantasy team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Uh, let's see. All you have to do is log on to go to uh, FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and use this promo code here, uh, exclusively from us here at the Rotowire DFS Podcast, RWDFS, and sign up now. A special offer for new users there. For every dollar you deposit with FanDuel, they will match it up to $200 that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to 200 bucks. This offer is only good for the first 50 people that use this code here, Rotowire DFS, RWDFS, today. Don't forget to use this promo code, RWDFS. That's FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Josh. Time to swing the bats here. Who is going to step in the batter's box for you on the Wednesday slate? Well, earlier you talked about Dallas Keiko and how all he does is win. And I think the reason why he's going to win on Wednesday is because of that offense behind him. And those are the guys I'm looking at. I love the Houston Astros bats against Martin Perez, especially those right-handed batters. So far this season, Martin Perez has gotten crushed by these right-handed hitters. He's allowing a 317 batting average, a weighted on base average of 363. And the cool part about the the way that the offense is constructed, on Fandle, you can only stack four guys from one team. 
But with the Astros, the top four guys are all right-handed. George Springer, Jose Altuve, the rookie Carlos Correa, and Carlos Gomez make for an excellent stack at all cross left-handed pitching. And the one thing about those guys is sometimes that, that stack will be highly owned because everybody can use them and they can fit them all into their lineups. So you might want to use a guy lower in that lineup, and that's Jed Lowry. who's huge. I believe you're going to talk about him later, but I also like him as well. Yeah, Jed Lowry is definitely one of, one of my sneakier options, and I'll talk about why there in a little bit. Only thing that you need to know about Carlos Correa is he did suffer an intercostal strain. He was considered day-to-day, so you want to make sure he's active in the lineup. But he has actually been swinging the bat better as of late, so I definitely like that stack uh, that you mentioned there as well. Definitely uh, in a good spot overall. For me, i got to talk about the Boston Bats versus Mike Wright. The lefty bats have uh, had a good amount of uh, excess, of, uh, or any lefty bats versus Mike Wright basically have uh, have a good amount of success against a knuckleball. 374 weighted on base on the season. And uh, he's really been scuffling here in the second half with a 417 weighted on base to all batters here in the second half. So I'm definitely going to um, make some uh, uh, Boston stacks here uh, for the Wednesday slate. Something to take a look at here. Um, you got Brock Holt. Uh, it, if he is, happen, does have to be in the lineup there uh, in the number two hole. If it's not uh, Dustin Pedroia there. You've got David Ortiz, a lefty. Travis Shaw in the five hole at 2.9K. There's some definitely some definite value. Pablo Sandoval at minimum salary at 2.2K. Uh, I don't mind at all. And here's the other interesting spot. Uh, I think I, I may have like uncovered a little bit of correlation between uh, hard contact rate and uh, FanDuel pricing. Because every time I t- took a look at somebody on Fangraphs um, that was a leader in hard contact rate overall, they were priced like um, pretty expensive overall. And Jackie Bradley Jr. is a great example uh, of that fact. The sixth overall in hard contact rate in the last two weeks on uh, on uh, on Fangraphs there. I think it's time for me to jump off the hate train for Jackie Bradley Jr. And he's sort of finally f- sort of... Uh, realize some of that um, prospect potential that he had and he's hitting the ball hard and I cannot believe that he's this price ever on on FanDuel 4.4k and he's hitting in the nine hole that's the thing that stinks uh, about this overall but uh, I don't mind it if I'm creating a Red Sox stack if I have a Red Sox stack I have to have shares of Jackie Bradley because of how hard he's been tearing the cover off the ball and the good news is if you pair him with Pablo Sandoval and you know potentially somebody like Brock Holt you can afford Jackie Bradley. I don't know if you can afford David Ortiz at 4.8K because he's been absolutely raking. Um, but uh, if you maybe if you roll somebody like Luis Severino on the cheap in your GPP lineup with a Boston stack, it could become a little bit more affordable. Your, your thoughts on stacking against Mike Wright? I like that idea. And, and the one thing I wanted to discuss about Bradley is he is hitting ninth and his price is, is really high. So the one thing about that, he's going to be very low owned. There's no doubt about it. A lot of people like the fact that he's been crushing the ball, and that's that's for sure. But the way that the daily fantasy baseball has been played this year, is a lot of people tend to stay away from those nine-hole hitters just because of the statistical likelihood that they don't do too much from that nine-hole. Now, Bradley is a different animal, and there's a reason why his price is so high. So I think if you do have him, you're going to be getting him at a discount in terms of own percentage. That's a great point, and it's something I sort of overlooked myself uh, there as well. But uh, like I said, if I'm creating a Boston stack, I think Bradley um, – right now is a must play yet yeah, probably for the ownership percentage and for the more likely that that just in GPPs and cash in general, people are going to try to roll Dave Ortiz as, as he continues to, um, you know, hit home runs and mash the ball. He the way he's been over the, the course of September. Uh, who else is going to be swinging the bat for you today? The other offense I'm targeting right now is the Arizona diamondbacks against Andrew Kashner. 
Now, first things first, Kashner has been better against righties than he has against lefties. But listen to these right-handed bats from the Arizona Diamondbacks and how they perform against righties. Paul Goldschmidt, of course, one of the better hitters in baseball, has a Woba of over 400 or close to 400 against both lefties and righties. But Wellington Castillo has an isolated power rating of, I believe, 270 against righties, which is absurd. So you're getting him at catcher, which is a scarce position, and he has the opportunity to home run pretty much any time he comes up to the plate. Also, A.J. Pollock has a Woba of over 350 as well against righties. But the guys that I'm looking at are those lefties against Andrew Kashner. David Peralta has a 385 Woba against righties. He's been one of the top plays in daily fantasy baseball against right-handed pitching all season long. And the one thing about Kashner, which we just mentioned, he struggles against lefties. They're hitting 287, but the slugging percentage that he allows to lefties is absurd. 515 against Kashner this season. And that's something to really target because on Fandle, you're looking for extra bases because every extra base you get is another point. If you get an RBI, that's another point as well. So you got to look at guys who can get bases in bunches. And that's exactly what happens with David Peralta and the rest of that offense. Now, the one thing about those guys is you're going to be looking at a lot of righties at the top of that lineup. But if you wanted to get another lefty in there with Peralta, look at Jake Lamb, who has good numbers against righties as well. And he hits lower in that order. It makes for a perfect stack option at third base to pair with a guy like David Peralta in the outfield. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for me as well. David Peralta, uh, I've been beating the drum on David Peralta for the last month and a half-ish since uh, Renee Miller, uh, my co-host over at uh, Pro Football Focus, turned me on to him and just said, hey, listen, he's on par with... uh, uh, Josh Donaldson, who I think is going to win AL MVP in terms of the, the the you know the rate at which he crushes left-handed pitching there as well, and I think uh, Josh Donaldson probably has since that since that time has passed him in terms of lefty domination. But David Peralta is a super underrated option and just doesn't give a lot of respect because Goldie's there and Pollock's a popular option, and Peralta's you know the third in the pecking order in terms of you know, DFS Diamondbacks that you that you want to target. But uh, often maybe the my, maybe the number one that I target for me because he comes more affordable than those two other options on most days uh, you do see the price hike up when it is against the lefty so Fandle has been adjusting somewhat for that but nevertheless I'm going to try to roll him into my lineup whenever possible in spots like these uh, the next guy I want to talk about in terms of or team in terms of stacks really quickly is Michael Lorenzen he's a popular stack for me uh, 439 weighted on base allowed to lefties which makes Brandon Bell an auto play it's just actually kind of disappointing that the Giants don't have more lefties to roll into their lineup than they do so Pagan is the only other you know consistent starting option in their lineup he's an okay cheap type option there as well i don't i just don't love pagan even though that the 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 lefty matchups are great you know because he just does add zero pop and you know he's not running enough for him to be interesting as a leadoff guy i I don't mind him as as lineup filler or you know as a just a guy that you have to add into as as the fourth player for for a gpp giant stack to make the stack work if you're going to roll like buster posey but you know the other thing is the fourth guy is going to be sore so affordable and it's probably going to be somebody like Matt Duffy that you can uh, do something else and, and maybe just keep your stack down to three guys rather than have to spend money on somebody with limited upside in a GPP uh, like Pagan. So he is the other lefty option, but but regardless, I think Belt is going to be a, a, a cash game and uh, stack auto play 
there. Maybe you're just better off using Belt as your um, add-on to a, like a Boston stack, for example, uh, if you don't want to pay up for, for David Ortiz because it's such a good play against Michael Lorenzen there. 435 weighted on base in the second half, which t- why it makes Buster Posey for me also interesting, and you don't have to worry as much as, as a split as uh, it looks like just Michael Lorenzen is just wearing down as it comes down to the end of September with a lot of these young pitchers do um, pitching mornings than you're normally used, used to against quality bats at the major league level. So another reason why I'll have shares of Buster Posey in my lineup there for Wednesday. Wednesday as well. Uh, and then quickly want to mention Detroit against uh, da- um, Daniel Norris coming off the oblique strain. They've announced that he's on a 45 to 50 pitch count. So you expect the uh, Minnesota bats at home to get into their bullpen early, which is good news for them. Aaron Hicks and Dozier at 3K are definitely more affordable uh, options. And you love the lineup spots, the one, two, and then you have Sano right there in the middle uh, at f- uh, 4.3 and then Plouffe at uh, 2.4K, close to minimum salary at, at third base, which is a great way to complete that stack if you pay up for uh, Sano. Um, any other bats that we need to pay attention to before we head on out of here, Josh? Yeah, you mentioned the, the Twins, and that's my uh, GPP home run batter play for Wednesday, and that's Trevor Plouffe against Daniel Norris. Norris is a reverse splits pitcher, which is a little bit concerning for Plouffe, but the one thing I saw about Norris's um, split numbers is he actually gives up a lot of home runs, just five home runs at 34 innings. And that's, that's a big number considering the amount of innings that he's only thrown this year. And the one thing about Trevor Plouffe, he crushes left-handed pitching. He has an isolated power rating of close to 200, may even be over 200 with the stretch he's had of late. And in that stretch, he's hitting 392 in his last 10 games. He has a slugging percentage in those 10 games of almost 600, which is absolutely absurd. So for a guy that's on fire like that, he has a good matchup against Daniel Norris, he's my GPP home run batter play because I think he always tends to go low on. Because if you're looking at the third baseman on the Minnesota Twins, it's going to be Sano. So I like Trevor Plouffe as a guy that will be lesser owned. Yeah, I like that there. Um, there well, obviously, since I previously mentioned him. So we're both in the, on the same page in that spot. For me, I'm going to talk about a guy that you previously mentioned already, and that's Jed Lowry, going back to the hard contact rate. And what we're sort of do trying to do here when you're in GPPs is take a look at hard contact rate, take a look at ISO, and look at somebody who has a a uh, value-priced option that has a chance to go deep and hit a home run because the home runs are how you're going to win those GPPs and and score the most points there. And he's eighth in hard contract rate in the 14 days, in the last 14 days. 2.9K as of Tuesday pricing on FanDuel and batting cleanup. Probably gets bumped down to fifth if uh, Carlos Correa is back in the lineup, but it's still a great lineup spot overall and much cheaper than a, a lot of other different options uh, that you can do in uh, in your infield spots. So somebody to t- definitely take a look at, put in your back pocket if you're looking to uh, go for some uh, uh, a cheaper option under 3K uh, for Wednesday on FanDuel. That is going to do it for today's show. Thanks for listening to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. I want to let you know that we're now available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, review, and don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to check out Josh on Twitter and at over, over at RotoCurve.com, at Josh Kalachi, and you can send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me over at Twitter, uh, at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.